heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to an April 22nd, Saturday morning edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer from Associated Press, Blazers Edge, and other places as well. Former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can find a wide variety of shows covering the NBA, the NFL. We keep growing. We have lots of different sports events in each sport, the NBA draft, the NFL draft, which is just around the corner. So be sure to follow uh, all the variety of podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network to uh, get the, the latest on your favorite team's favorite sports. And, of course, that is how we do it here on Locked On Blazers, giving you the local perspective on your favorite team, the Portland Trail Blazers. Welcome back to the show. Game 3 of the Blazers-Warriors first-round series is tonight at the Moda Center, 7.30 tip-off on ESPN. The Blazers are down 2-0 in the series following Wednesday's blowout loss. However, as Damian Lillard said in the aftermath of that loss, points do not carry over. So Portland... With an opportunity to get back into the series, even though they will have to do it without Yusuf Nurkic, it sounds like Nurkic is listed as doubtful, and that is the latest update that we have gotten. Mike Richmond uh, was at shoot-around and reported that uh, Terry Stotts said there's no change in Nurkic's status. He is doubtful for Game 3, which is ultimately... uh, so he was upgraded, he was out before Game 2, and then they said that they upgraded him before Game 3 to doubtful, and if you remember, before Game 1, he was listed as questionable. So uh, they, he's kind of had an up-and-down progression, at least in terms of the official injury designations, and uh, according to Mike Richmond from the Oregonian, he reported that uh, Nurkic did non-contact portions of practice. So it, it, it sounds like he's not going to play in this series. Um, that That's how I feel uh, now, and he shouldn't uh, at this point. It's This is why I put the trust in the Blazers medical staff. It seems like they've been pretty upfront with his progress it looked like you know maybe he had uh maybe he had more of a shot to play maybe it was a tactical thing to to make the Warriors think about maybe preparing for him but uh you know the fact that he's doubtful and that uh he's improving and getting better I guess is great but ultimately uh in terms of the official injury designation this is a step back from where we were at the beginning of the series uh so 
Nurkic doubtful. The NBA uh, officially they assign percentages to what uh, you know whether someone will play or not. I believe you know doubtful is twenty five percent likelihood of playing. Questionable is fifty percent, and probable is seventy five percent. So, uh, yeah, uh, Nurkic likely not to play tonight. So Portland will not get that help. Uh, on Saturday night uh, is what it sounds like. And another thing that uh, to keep in mind uh, for tonight's game, it didn't really matter in game two, but the Warriors forward Kevin Durant is also questionable for this game. He's dealing with a calf injury. He did fully participate in practice on Friday, but the team still listed him as questionable. Steve Kerr told reporters that he will only play Durant if he's 100% healthy, and there's really no reason why they shouldn't rest him. Uh they have championship aspirations, as I mentioned, uh, when talking about whether they would play him for game two, and they're going to need him later. This is why they brought him in. They didn't bring him in for the 1-8 series. They brought him in to win the championship. And so I would guess that they play it cautious on in, in this game tonight on Saturday, uh, and then maybe bring him back Monday. Uh, for a potential, you know, series clincher, if the, if they're able to get the win tonight, which the way they played in Game Two, uh, they definitely could. Another uh, stat uh, about the Warriors: this coming from uh, Connor Letourneau of the San Francisco Chronicle, that I did not know. Golden State is 2-7 in Game 3s in their past three seasons, and they went 0-4 in Game 3s last year. Of course, you'll remember in the Blazers-Warriors series last season, Portland's lone victory came in Game 3. Damian Lillard had 40 points and, I believe, 10 assists, 10 or 11 assists. I can't remember the exact assist number, but I remember he had 40 in that game. And uh, Portland was able to get on the board in Game 3 in that series. So uh, perhaps... A little bit of history repeating himself. The odds makers think Portland has a much better shot, which I agree with because Portland shot extremely poorly in the first two games, especially their supporting guys. Uh, Alan Crabb, best three-point shooter on the team, went one of eight from three in the first two games. Maybe some of that was he was out for a little while, maybe some rust uh, or just missing shots but I don't expect that will continue but anyway the the odds makers have the Warriors as a six-point favorite at the Moda Center uh, after being 14-point favorites in the last two games uh, and there's a reason why obviously the, the shooting for Portland is is something to monitor and and something to keep in mind as you know a potential regression for Portland to get back into uh you know, good offensive play, but uh, home court advantage is also worth more in the postseason than it even is uh, in the regular season. Uh, by the way, I just wanted to shout out this blog that I think you guys should all check out. It's called Cleaning the Glass. Uh, 
uh, com, and it's run by former Blazers analytics manager Ben Falk, who was also the VP of basketball strategy with the Philadelphia 76ers. But he wrote on his website a couple of weeks ago something that I was recalling in, in you know trying to talk about this game, is that the home court advantage is worth around 5.5 points per 100 possessions in the postseason. So that's big for Portland. So uh, the home court advantage, it's less and less now, I feel like, in the league. But Portland still has uh, one of the better ones. But it also goes to show this you know, study from, from Ben Falk on cleaningtheglass.com that uh, it matters even more in the postseason. And so uh, Portland does have that going for it. Uh, it's going to be extremely lit at the Moda Center tonight. It's going to be great. Uh, the playoff atmosphere there is crazy. Uh, there's just a different energy. And I'm sure that that is going to help the Blazers in this one. Granted, the Warriors have the shot makers that can silence a crowd really quickly with a big run early. However, uh, you know you can't discount that the Blazers just play better at home. And even though they got blown out and the the way that they were handled was discouraging for a lot of folks, uh, I think that they will come back better in this game. I don't think it's going to be uh, another 30, you know, thir- a near 30-point route. Uh, I, I do think that Portland is going to have a much better game in store for them. Crab is definitely going to have to play better and probably play a little bit more uh, because they have been able to help so far off of Harkless and Aminu. You know, can they hold up defensively there? Defense wasn't the problem for Portland in game two. Their offense was uh, their worst offensive performance of the season. So they've got to get it going on the offensive end. And I think a lot of times in the postseason, uh, the offense just gets harder. So you have to have more skilled offensive players out there on the court. So I think maybe more crab uh, is a call for this game. They stuck with the same starting lineup in game two as they did in game one with Noah Vonley and Evan Turner alongside Harkless, CJ, and Dame. That is maybe a potential change I that I could foresee since they don't really have any answers without Nurkic right now. So maybe they, uh, maybe they move Turner back to the bench, go Harkless and Aminu to just have more defenders out there alongside CJ and Dame. Or they start Crab to get more shooting out there and replace Harkless or replace Turner, excuse me, so that they have uh, another shooter out there. And then Harkless can still take on uh, the defensive responsibilities of that he needs to take of guarding probably Draymond Green in that scenario. And then you put Crab on Stephen Curry and hope that CJ McCollum can keep up with Clay Thompson. So, so that's an option that Portland has at their disposal, but they don't have many other options left. Uh, another option that I don't think is going to happen, but it is it is an option technically, is starting Myers Leonard. I don't think that they're going to go that route uh, just because we haven't seen it in the first two games. Uh, and uh, so I, I don't think we're going to see that. I think, if anything, we'll see Crab and 
uh, we'll see more crab uh, and and going to smaller units even sooner uh, is, is something that I think we will see just because you know stats threw Myers Leonard out there in the second half uh, for a little bit longer, but it just doesn't seem like maybe with the speed of Golden State that there's uh, a place for him in this series. And, uh, you know, those are the breaks, I guess, for, for the Blazers. They just don't have a whole lot of options now. Their their only option is to play better. And I think they can. I think they will. I think this game is going to be a much better game because of the home court advantage, because Lillard and McCollum were so off in game in game two, and not only were they off, but so was everybody else, really, from, from long range. Portland was terrible from three. They were terrible all over the court when it came to scoring the ball. They were totally out of sorts offensively, bad passes, uh, not sticking with it on possessions. And I just don't think that's going to happen uh, when they're playing in front of the home crowd that can get them going, can keep them feeling positive even when things aren't going well. You all know what I'm talking about uh, when it comes to the Portland home court advantage. And and I really think that uh, they're going to have a much better showing in this game. And the series uh, is on the line tonight. They know that if they lose this game, it's definitely over. (laughs) Uh, They already came in heavy, heavy underdogs. But uh, losing game three, going down 3-0 is not, uh, you know, no NBA team has ever come back from that. So uh, they're going to come out with that knowledge. Everyone's talking about how the game is a must win because it is. So we'll see how that affects their performance. I think it's going to affect it positively. I think they're going to come out confident. I think they're going to come out strong. The atmosphere is always wild and... I, I, I just be- really strongly believe that they are going to come out better because they've had a really rough year. And especially without Nurkic, they've been a really, uh, they've not been a reliable squad. But at the same time, it is the playoffs. This is what all these guys live for. And I I don't see them, uh, you know, shrinking with this opportunity to get on the board because it's their best opportunity to get on the board, especially if Durant doesn't play once again. I know that they were handled without Durant in game two, but I still really believe that the matchup is much better for them without Durant. And I don't, I don't think you can really argue that. The bench also just has to play with a little bit more, confidence be a little bit stronger uh and and can portland find a way to 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 neutralize javel mcgee uh i can't believe that that is a, a storyline but if, if duran isn't there uh, mcgee was uh, a major beneficiary of the durant absence lots of uh great pick and roll play where you know curry would get the ball or or iguodala or so, anybody else a ball handler they get it to Draymond. Draymond would flip it up to McGee, and then even if it wasn't the second pass, it would be uh, uh, someone driving the lane and just throwing the ball up to JaVale McGee. You know, can they do anything at all to stop that? 
and, and, and slow that down because it all starts with that initial penetration, that pick and roll action and the attention that you need to pay to Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. So so JaVale is gonna be open, but you know, can Portland figure out an adjustment? Can they put somebody else on on JaVale? Is there something that they can do? Uh, that is going to be an interesting thing because obviously Portland doesn't have an answer for Draymond Green, but maybe they can figure some kind of answer to to slow down the centers of Golden State. And uh, Green only took five shots in Game Two. He nearly had a triple double, only six points. He basically that's just you know perfect Draymond Green game for the most part. He really was creating a lot of those problems and, and feeding McGee and and causing the defense to kind of suck in and draw attention to him. So can Portland do that and still stay home on McGee uh, or on Zaza Pachulia? Because Pachulia even had a nice game. He had 10 points uh, in, in 17 minutes of play. So the, the centers for Golden State really took advantage of the attention Portland's defense paid. You know, do they dare Patrick McCaw to knock down three pointers and just have someone stay home uh, in the corners to to deter that to bump Javale so that Javale can't just crowd around and if, and box him out? That is maybe an option if McCaw is out there or daring Iguodala to shoot. You know, Portland doesn't have a lot of great options, but they you know can't leave guys wide open. But at at, at a certain point you have to start taking risks about what you have to make decisions about what you will give up and what you really need to concentrate on stopping. And uh, those dunks for McGee were just too easy. And it's crazy that I'm saying, you know, they got to focus on JaVale McGee, but you know, they can't just let him dunk on them every possession. And so, you know, can they find a way to stem that with their small group? I don't know, but uh, maybe they change their coverages a little bit involving certain guys, whether it be McCaw, whether it be Iguodala, uh, Draymond Green, all those guys, you know, can they really be disciplined and, and think on the fly, which is what you have to do against Golden State, and execute that because they're always moving. It's hard to find them. They never stay in one place. So what I'm saying is a lot easier said than done. However, that's what they have to do to try and win this game. They've and and they have to hope that Clay and Steph keep missing shots because that's another thing that really has has happened in this series. Clay was a little bit better in game 2 from deep. But overall, Clay and Steph have not shot the ball well. They haven't had great games from the perimeter. I thought Steph was good in game one, but uh, they really have not had one of those nights where they're just totally unleashing from three and dominating. I think some of that is the attention the Blazers' defense has paid to them, and some of that is just them moving the ball and not trying to force it, which is how they play. But if Portland's going to have any luck turning this game around and slowing them down. You know, I think they they take their chances again. They're going to sell out on Curry. They're going to sell out on Thompson. 
let Draymond shoot, let McCaw shoot, and try and maybe minimize some of those and and let Iguodala shoot and, and, and just try and minimize some of those easy baskets around the basket. And maybe they can just defend a little bit better. Maybe they get a little bit more luck on, on Zaza's shots, but uh, there wasn't a lot of luck involved with JaVale McGee. He was just dunking everything. So uh, can they, can they slow that down? Can they stop that? Uh, And there are ways I think they can approach it, but uh, Golden State is going to force you into something to, to give up something good a lot of times. And they were very good at finding something good all of game two. Uh, McCaw really impressed me, I thought, by being able to put the ball on the floor and attack the Blazers' defense to go at the rim where Portland doesn't have a rim protector right now, really. and uh, But can they bait him into taking more three-pointers? Can they bait Iguodala into doing the same thing so they can take away... Uh, those easy dunks and those easy plays. Uh, it's a hard task. Again, harder than I'm making it sound. But that's what they have to do, I think, to have a chance in this game. The other thing, of course, is making shots, which I think at least Alan Crabb will do a better job of. Uh, Aminu and Harkless have also shot really poorly, even for them, uh, in this series. So, I would suspect that being at home will help bump some of those percentages up in the postseason just because, uh, you know, none of those guys have really connected yet. I mean, I'm looking at the the series numbers right now for Crab, Aminu, and Harkless. Crab is shooting 12%. He's one of eight, as I mentioned. Aminu is shooting 25%. And Harkless is shooting 18%. And Harkless has taken more threes than all of them. And the Warriors, we're already seeing, are totally cool to give that up. So, you know, can Harkless let loose from three tonight? Can Aminu let loose from three tonight? And can Crab get it going from three? You know, those are all going to be very important things for Portland uh, to be able to pull out a win. Because it seems like Stotts' strategy is go small, go the Houston route, and forget trying to play with a traditional center and just try and match the Warriors shot for shot. They've got to make threes to do that. And so can they bounce back with the home rims uh, is something that needs to happen for them. We'll see if they change the starting lineup. I don't know if they will, but maybe getting more shooting out there uh, is something that Stotts will do. But no use of Nurkic in this game for Portland tonight, game three. It sounds like the Warriors are going to be without Kevin Durant. So that is is a positive for the Blazers, like I said. But we'll see. Uh, maybe he maybe he surprises us and plays and and helps the Warriors get over that that game three struggle. But uh, I, I think it's probably what they're going to do is they're going to rest him. And I think Portland has another shot uh, to get on the board in this series. I thought it was, uh, it could be a game two. The Warriors came out aggressive. They came out confidently. I would expect that they will do the same in this game. However, uh, the home court, the way Portland has shot in the first two games, uh, those two things really give me, 
a sense that the Blazers will play better and that this game, like Vegas thinks, is going to be a much better game. All right. Well, until the next episode of Lockdown Blazers, we will have a report after Game 3 on Saturday night at the Moda Center. Keep it locked on Blazers by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Google Play, TuneIn FM, wherever you can get a podcast, we are there. Leave us a five-star review, and we will be back with you after Game 3, Blazers-Warriors, at 7.30 on Saturday night. No Yusuf Nurkic, Kevin Durant, Sean Livingston, and Matt Barnes questionable for the Warriors. And until after Game 3.